Episode 9 of the podcast is with Lead Academy S&C in Sports Science at Knox County, Jordan Tyra. Jordan's also a physical performance coach at the FA. In this episode, Jordan speaks about interviews from both the interviewer's and interviewee's perspective. This is a key episode for coaches looking for their next opportunity, as well as coaches looking to employ other coaches. Please subscribe and share the show, and head over to iTunes and leave a review. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode nine of the Football Fitness Federation podcast. Today I'm joined by a very good friend of Football Fitness Federation, Jordan Tyra. Jordan is the lead academy SNC in sports science at Knox County, and he's also a physical performance coach at the FA. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Yourself? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. I forgot to mention that you are the only person with 100% um, attendance record at the Football Fitness Federation network meetings. <laughs> I'm the groupie. Yeah, I'm the groupie. <laughs> <laughs> you are the one groupie. Uh, that 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 should go before all the rest of it, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, uh, it should definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. I know um, we've had a chat about what we're going to discuss in this, and I think it's going to be really, really valuable for coaches. So hopefully, plenty listen and plenty take from it. Um, so just kick us off. I've, I've mentioned your current roles there, but just take us through your sort of story, your background, and where you're at now. Yeah. So um, my story kind of kicks off as kind of what you class as kind of the new school of, of S&C or sports scientist coaching really um, in that went to uni to do sports science I, I was a kid that just loved football clearly was never going to make it professionally but still still wanted to put, you know, stay in the game or work in the game uh, I was also good at biology at school and really did well in that so I thought right sports science is an obvious route um, on top of that I, t- I tore my ACL um, when I was 18 and, and, and had surgery I think four or five months before I went to, to uni. So I'd basically gone to uni um, and wasn't really getting rehab because I was moving around the country and things to, to go to uni. So basically was rehabbing an ACL by myself uh, as a 18, 19 year old kid fresh out of school, which is, is, is probably why my knee still gives me problems to these days. Um, but uh, basically kind of that got me the, into, into rehab S&C sports science and, and basically gave me a crash course on on what it's like to try and prevent injuries and, and strengthen a, a human body um, and obviously when you're a student you tr- well most of the time you're trying to learn as much as you can so being there trying to learn as much as you can on yourself with probably one of the most complex injuries to to rehab at the same time kind of got got loads of things for and I was trying to learn as much information as I could at once and, and from there really it kind of kicked off into right S&C is, is what I really enjoy doing and I've got the bug for it this is kind of going to be the route I go down um, so I started getting it you know trying to get a few qualifications and I remember getting a few coaching qualifications because I thought I still enjoyed football so I wanted to be involved in it somehow and I got a, a really uh, base level S&C qualification as well whilst I was still at uni I think in my first or second year um, uh, and that kind of helped me really get a full-time internship at Southampton Football Club with the academy there between my second and third year, which, uh, you know, as a student um, wanting to be in sports science or S&C or physical performance, whatever you want to call it, you know, was unbelievable um, experiences every day. You were constantly learning, constantly on the job. Um, 
and that kind of shaped really where the rest of my career was going to go. And then when I came back from that year of internship, um, carried on doing S and C for a lot of the uni squads, uh, women's football, which has kind of helped me towards you know where I am today, really. Um, and that's kind of where that started. And also then got a job at Barnsley as well, um, whilst I was still at uni, uh, just doing part time S and C work with the academy at Barnsley. Um, by the time I graduated, I, re- I realised that the state of play in terms of, of qualifications and things that everybody needed. I graduated in 2016, um, yeah, summer 2016. So I, I, I realised everybody needed a masters, you know, to even get into an interview most of the time. So I, I left Barnsley and went and did my masters at Salford, um, you know, and, and was actually offered a full time role at Barnsley, um, but turned it down in order to go and do my masters at, in Salford. Um, um, and that was that was very very valuable for me in terms of increasing my knowledge base, but also opened up kind of the, the northwest area of, of clubs and things. So whilst I was um, on my masters, got a, uh, another part time job at Blackburn Rovers Ladies, um, which was again brilliant because I, I, my level of knowledge was kind of improving all the time. I've done my undergrad, now I'm doing my masters and getting all that stuff done, um, and being able to apply that to a role with you know decent decent athletes as well so that was really kind of perfect in terms of my learning every day and learning on the job and, and certainly you know it's fair to say that the the facilities and things in Blackburn Rovers ladies and women's football isn't the same in men's football um so you know a lot of what you were talking about last week with Wayne Richardson on the previous one you know in learning from the ground up and having to learn in in, in environments that are like sheds sometimes um that was kind of that first real taste of that and having to real think on your feet and, and kind of be, be creative with the facilities you've got. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I was learning from it from Blackburn. I, I, by the time I got my kind of my masters was winding down as well. I got offered a role at Liverpool ladies, um, which was, again was fantastic. And I was there for a season up until July of this year. Um, and then uh, start of August, yeah. So four months now. Um, I got a role with with Notts County, basically heading up um, all the S and C and sports science for for Notts County's academy, which is is brilliant for me um, because it was a bit of a blank canvas previously to me. They, they'd not really had any S and C or sports science work before um, in terms of the players and staffing. There, it was all kind of covered by sports therapists and physios, and they'd done a good job. But obviously, it wasn't their area of expertise and so that you know I've come in and, and there's a bit of a blank canvas really for me and it's, it's been four months of real kind of fun and, and but at the same time hard work but getting things implemented um, and we're in a good place now and a really exciting place to be certainly in the academy and I think the club is going forward certainly um, towards the future is going to be going to be an exciting place to be uh, and on top of that as well just in case that wasn't enough um, I've also got a role with the FA as a physical performance coach, uh, working with the girls' talent pathway, um, which is basically you see the best players from a certain region. So, for example, I work with the South region. Um, so we see the best players um, from the, the female clubs from the South come into our hub days and our camp days, and we give them like physical performance support and, and, and assess the players and what they need in terms of their personal, individual needs and help them with support away from the club and in between the club and the FA and the whole kind of goal really is to try and create as many, you know, 
talented individuals who are going to eventually hopefully go on and play for the England national team, which um, is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie, it's quite, yeah, it's quite surreal. Um, certainly, if you would have said to an 18, 19-year-old me when I was kind of starting the journey out, um, that by the age of just, just when I turned 26, I'd be, uh, you know, have any sort of role with the FA um, would be, I probably wouldn't believe myself. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pinching myself a little bit, but it's, it's, it's amazing fun and yeah, it's uh, in a good place and hopefully long may it continue. Awesome, mate. Awesome. I know you can add loads of value um, to all the different practitioner practitioners out there on loads of different areas of physical performance, but we're going to focus on one in particular today, which is probably a little bit different to previous podcasts and what we've done before, but something that I know you're passionate about and we've spoke about it numerous times. And that's basically, um, well, it started out with you taking over Twitter, basically, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it felt like that. Sure. Yeah, the phone was just kept buzzing. It was mad. <laughs> so what I'll do, I'm going to read out the tweet that you put out and then we'll sort of expand on your thoughts on it. So this was on the, this was in November. Jordan tweeted, had in 19 S&C, sports science student applications, CB and covering letter. They all received feedback on their application via uh, phone where possible, advice on their CV and cover letter, formatting and content, advice on the next steps, avenues to explore, advice on qualifications, experience to consider. Now, this isn't the norm, is it? I don't think this is the norm in many, uh, many industries, but certainly not what we do. No, it, it's not, um, unfortunately. But, you know, it's one of them things that I... I like you say I'm passionate about, but I'm fully aware that um, you know in football our hours are mad. We 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 are mad mad busy most of the time. So um, I just know the reason I kind of wanted to share it really was because I know from when I was starting out and when I was writing emails left right centre to people um, when the people you know when clubs or when people working at clubs got back to you it made a massive difference and any little advice didn't matter how small it was made a huge difference um so that was kind of the, the reason I wanted to do it because I knew how much of a difference it made to me and a little bit of advice and how far it could go so I kind of wanted to give that back to the students really and and, and I, actually since since that tweet went out I had even more but I think by the end I had it, it's with um Nottingham Trent Uni um so I set up the the kind of student placement through them who is obviously one of our local universities um and we had I think in the end it was about 24 um, students just from Nottingham Trent and off the back of the tweet I had a couple more people who were completely unrelated to the student placement but just asked you know oh, can you have a look at my CV and, and things and by by no means am I a HR expert I'm no, by no means am I a CV guru um, but you know as we're going to probably talk about later I, I've, I've put a lot of applications in over the couple of years and, and had to make sure I've gone through loads and loads of CVs myself so it's just any little advice like I say that could help I thought why not give it back to other people just on that as well, because the follow-up tweets, one of the ones you put, did I have to? No. Uh, did I want to? Yes. And why? Because as, as an industry, we suck at helping um, others out uh, who were once in our shoes. So I think that's a massive point that you've been through that. But then also you put that like, as a result of what you, how you responded to those guys for, um, and I, I don't know whether that's, 
that these were old numbers as well, but four have since emailed saying they've, they've booked on courses and relevant qualifications. So they've taken your advice and they've gone and actioned um, what the advice you've given them, which will be in a better position, won't it, when they do either reapply for something at your club or go and apply for something at another club. Yeah, certainly. And, and again, off the back of it, since that tweet went out um, and, and since some of the feedback I gave, so even the ones I didn't, I wasn't included in those numbers, um, I think one of the students emailed me saying he, he, he's got a conversation with two of the clubs, you know, professional clubs, and um, to go in and shadow and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a nice feeling, like, just knowing that a little bit of advice you might have given, because like I say, I was in their shoes once and I know I made many mistakes many 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 mistakes um similar to what they would have done when applying but just giving them a little bit of advice and they've seemed to have actioned it straight away and got a good response from it that's just a, a you know a good little um feeling to have really so that's like i said that was why i did it i didn't didn't do it to try and bang the drum and say we're rubbish or say look how good i am i wasn't trying to do that i was just trying to say if we all did a little bit of this or if we were trying to do this you know the students we're getting in and the applications we're getting in they they might get better themselves and then ultimately you know, similar to kind of the, the message that you guys send out as a cohort of SNC, sports science, physical performance coaches, whatever we are, we, we drag our quality up over, over time and everybody comes that bit more upskilled, a bit more qualified if qualifications are the route you want to go down. Um, and it just improves the quality of the, you know, the industry, really. So that's kind of why that was my, my, my big goal thinking to that. Yeah. yeah. And that's something we spoke about a lot, isn't it? Is that to create more opportunities, to be seen as more valuable staff members, we do have to prove to the decision makers our worth. And I think this is one thing that you're not just ignoring them. And and one, I think one thing, one of the bits of feedback from some of the coaches were that they they would like to do it but didn't have time, which I suppose is fair enough. But are there ways around that? Are there things you can put in place? Are there sort of systems that? could still help people but when you do have the time it I think it's so valuable for a student to receive something like that and they can go actually these are things I need to go away and work on yeah definitely and, and the time aspect is massive like you know I'm, I fully accept the fact that in football we don't have all the time in the world I I think because I, I felt so passionately I, I I wanted to sit down and make time to do it um you know if if you you know say had been in been in the, in the jobs for a lot longer than I have and you've got way more experience than you you know you've you've had these applications for years and years and years obviously I'm more new to getting applications through to myself usually it's been me on the other the other end of it uh, the other way around and applying to other people so because like I say it's a bit more fresh in my in my mind of the experiences I've gone through I, I I actively sat down and made time you know even if it meant phoning people during the evenings when I've got back from work and I'm, I'm knackered anyway, I was like, right, I have to do this because I feel that, that strongly about it. Um, but overall, you know, like you say, if you, if you can find ways to do it anyway, even if it's just like a, a little email that just says, you know, these are some pointers to look at. Here's a great website that gives you some CV templates. And I know, I think it's sportcareer.com, I think is one of them, which I looked at when I was, um, younger um, even if it's just something like that said so it was good but have a little think about your structure here's a website with a good template have a think about that you know it's some, something as simple as like an email like that can go a long way because it'll improve things and improve bits like that so yeah 
No, I think that's extremely valuable. And when you talk about your career and the steps you've gone throughout your career, I know you've, it seems like you spoke about before about um, speaking to like a younger you and, and, and not expecting to be in the roles you're involved in at the moment at your age. But I think one thing behind that and the reasons that you are is that you put yourself out there and you've done the work and you've done the graph, not in ter- not just in terms of like out on the pitch or in the gym and all that sort of stuff, but in terms of applying for jobs and going to interviews and, and, and not getting jobs and learning and taking any sort of feedback that you get. And I think that's why you, well, looking from the outside, I think that's one reason why you've created this passion about this area. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it probably is actually, you know, um, my, yeah, my, I mean, just kind of touching on that experience, you know, before um, the, I worked it out not so long ago, I got this Notts County role in, in, in July of this year. Um, and like I said, previously to that, I was in my role in Liverpool, Liverpool Ladies. Um, and I got that role in, in July 2017 now. So I worked out that in, in the 12 months, um, between July to July, I'd, I'd had 13 interviews, um, two of which were successful ones, one with Liverpool and obviously one with Notts County. Um, and and the, and the one, the FA one as well, was successful. So three interviews um, out of 13, um, you know, over a 12-month period that were successful. And, and the majority of those interviews were with, with huge football clubs. One was with Cricket Club um, and, and the rest of them were football. Um, and we're talking, you know, you know, I'm not trying to, to, you know, say the club's name or anything, but they were they were the big clubs, Premier League clubs, majority of them, Championship clubs, League One and, and League Two clubs. So massive, massive clubs, and, and you th- you're kind of thinking, oh my gosh, like wow, this is this is this is big now. Um, and and of the ten kind of unsuccessful interviews, you know, the majority of the times I'm thinking probably uh five or six times off the top of my head that the feedback was remarkably similar in that it was your interview was great we thought you were great you know we reckon you'd certainly be able to do the job you know to a great standard but um we've given the role to somebody more experienced than yourself or has more experience at say a cat one academy or a, a certain age group or whatever it was um and 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 that's almost the hardest feedback to take um, because you've kind of put everything you've got on the table. You've gone through all the stress and strain, which you know I might talk about a little bit later. Um, and and then to hear, yeah, you were great. We we think you'd, you'd be more than suited to the role, but we can't give it to you because somebody else got experience. And you, you're like, oh, right. So and then you have to go through that whole process again. Um, but on the flip side of that as well, there were you know of those you know quite a lot of interviews that I went through and and again some people listening to this might say well that's life you have to go through a lot of interviews to get the roles you want and that's completely valid you know that's completely fair um but a lot of the interviews that you got back sometimes I didn't even get any response you know and again I won't name the, the clubs but um right clubs where I'm still waiting to this day to hear if I got that role and I've still got my fingers crossed waiting by the phone you know um it's you know it's kind of like come on like really you know and and like i say you go through you spoke in, in the last uh, podcast with with wayne you spoke about um how footballers the, the footballers that we work with the players we work with we've got to remember they're human beings which is bang on we do but on the same same level we need to remember that 
us as staff are also human beings and staff that we're potentially employing are also human beings and that if you if you're going for a life-changing role a career-defining role there is so much that goes with that it's not just a case of a kick you know a cv and cover letter say the application is that um that it takes a few hours to put together and you, you send it off it's not just that it's the it's the experience of right hang on a minute this is the other end of the country i'm gonna have to seriously think about this now can i afford to move can i afford to live there am i going to need to hand in notice on my flat what's going to happen with my relationship am i going to have to leave my current girlfriend in order because i'm moving you know 400 miles away you know that there are all these things to go with it and then on top of that you've got the money to get down on the day you've got hotels to book petrol you've got all that stuff to think about and again yes that's life but that's a hell of a lot just for just for the the half an hour or hour slot that you're sat down in front of somebody um and it, it's difficult you know that when you're potentially seeing five six people in a day or in two, over two days to interview them it's sometimes difficult to remember that 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 the first interaction you have with that person when they walk in through the door is, is you see them and they're, they're, they're in a suit or they're in the, the physical you know practical kit whatever it is and yet you, you're you might be five interviews deep at this point and you're probably thinking oh okay i've seen a few good ones right i want to go home now you know but that person that's shaking your hand is 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 is, is nervous as hell and then um and you've gone through all of that strain to just be there you've, you've put in the hours the accreditations the money spent you know all that stuff education whatever it is and 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 then to go through the stress of the, the interview you're nervous as hell and then if you, if the club then never phones you back to say sorry not this time here's a little bit of feedback but we thought you were great or to say didn't do as well as we would have liked here's a bit of feedback we think you could have improved these bits even if it's constructive criticism it's better than never hearing from the club and you know that that just it didn't it didn't quite sit right with me um hence why i feel so passionate about this this topic uh and i'm not saying like all clubs are like that and i'm not calling out any clubs in particular you know but sometimes things happen for a reason sometimes it's just a bit of miscommunication between hr departments or whatever it is um but just remember that they're human beings and they've gone through a hell of a lot to even be in the in the in, in the building in the first place for that interview so take the time to just send them an email at least or better yet give them a call and say we thought you were great but you could improve a few little bits and bobs thank you but no thank you like keep applying keep seeing what comes up and maybe we'll you know we'll cross paths again in the future so those you know those experiences like you said to answer you that's probably the longest answer to a question you've had yet um to, to uh, <laughs> yeah to kind of go back on you know what you're saying i draw on those experiences and that's why i put that tweet out um and certainly the, the student placements we've just had so we, we in the end like i say we had about 23 24 um and it was a real mixed bag in terms of the, the applications um and and the reason the application itself was a CV and a cover letter was because that's the majority of the way clubs do it now. Um, some have their own you know website portal that you you apply through, um, but the majority is CV and cover letter. So I thought right, let's do it how everyone else does it. Let's try and get them you know used to what the real world's like. Um, so had a real mixed bag. Some were fantastic, and and the, those fantastic ones were you know the three that we we brought on board, and some were you know were really quite poor. Um, but again, you know, there was no way after going through the, the, a lot of those interviews and having some real mixed 
feedback or no feedback at all and, and some bits that really sit sit bitter in your mouth that I was going to just like ignore them and, and not give them any any feedback at all because it, it just didn't quite sit right with me personally others might be fine with it, I don't know but just me personally I thought right, I'm going to have to you know at least give them some advice on how to format a CV how to format an application just things like that um, so so yeah you know those experiences certainly you learn from um and and again the kind of point why i wanted to kind of share these experiences with yourself on this on this podcast is not only to try and put a little call out to some people to just make sure you're helping others out but also to potentially pre-warn or not maybe not warn but just make newer graduates or or newer practitioners out there who haven't really gone through all this yet um just to be aware of, of what potentially can come. You know, sometimes, in some cases, it's you're in the right place at the right time. You have one or two interviews and you, you land a role, that's fine. Um, then, you know, well done. Um, but in the majority of cases, like I said at the start or earlier, this is life. You have to go through a lot of interviews usually to get the one that you want. I, I'll be honest, I never thought it would be that many in a short space of time. Um, you know, in some cases, I'd, I'd be on in an interview on one day and the next day I'd be and then another interview at a different club. Um, and again, you know, that's, that takes a strain on your, on your mind, on your, on your, on your well-being in itself, because you, you constantly have to prepare, you constantly have to travel most of the time, and at the same time, you're still trying to do a job as well. So, you know, the, these things are stressful. Job interviews are one of the hardest things, you know, that you can do, certainly when you're going through your early stages of your career, because you know how much they mean to you, and you know how much they can really set up a career. So, like I say, just just we, we as a cohort, if we can remember that the person on the other side of the handshake is is a human being, probably been in the shoes you were once in. Just remember what it was like when you were in those shoes, and and hopefully, you know, you can help them out on their journey because it, it is a journey. It's you know, it's a ladder. Um, if they're at the, the the bottom of the ladder, you know, at least help them get up a little bit. You might not give them the full the full way up you know, might not give them the job but just you know if you can give them a few little steps just to help them in, in their journey through it then certainly that'll help out but it's all dependent upon the person then isn't it it puts the ball back in their court if and and the, the people that you gave that advice to and they've gone and actioned it like you put on twitter those are the guys that are they're going to end up with something eventually aren't they they're probably you however many years ago like that they're the people that are going to work they're the people that are going to go out and seek works and create create opportunities speak to people build relationships and they'll end up with something just because they're not ready for that role right now doesn't mean they're not going to be ready for it in the future and you giving them that that what might seem as a little bit of advice or a little bit of a nudge in the right direction or that little step like you just said could be absolutely critical in the in the future Oh, cer- certainly. Um, and I think you, you've hit the nail on the head because I will be the first to admit that a lot of the interviews I went for, I, I wasn't ready for the role. And, you know, even if I had a good good day on the interview, um, you know, I remember one interview that, it, again, it was at a big Premier League club and the interview went OK. I thought it went all right. Um, but it was a club I never got, got feedback for. Um, and thinking back, I was like, oh, that sucks. But... I think, back, and yes, the, the feedback element isn't great, or the, even the contact. You know, I, I had to call them to find out. You know, it, it, I think you know when you're having to call them to find out if you if you've been successful, kind of tells you that you've not been. But um, 
I think back now, I think there was, you know, they made the right decision in, in not hiring me because by no means was I ready for that role. Um, and I know for a fact that if I was in that role now, or if I was given that role, it would have been a real struggle to get up to speed quickly. Um, but certainly, you know, if you could give them a, a little bit of advice and, and how to improve and, and then, you know, maybe in a, a, a few months, a couple of years, whatever it is, you'd probably be at that level if you're just giving them that bit of support and a bit of like, right, I thought you did well, but here's a few little factors you could consider. Um, you know, and that is, that is it. Unfortunately, in this industry, you've, you've got to apply for everything that comes, comes around because, you know, I've tried to explain to people who are, aren't working in football and, and I'm sure you know the same, that if you try and explain football to people who don't work in football or don't understand football, it, they give you some real quizzical looks and, and they, they sometimes don't get it, you know, because, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's 92 football league clubs um, and of those, you know, probably what, about half of them will have uh, um, you know, full-time positions opening up and then even fewer of them will come out per year. So when you do the maths of, you know, the number of graduates coming out, it, it's such a small percentage and it's such a dog-eat-dog world that you have got to literally apply for, for roles that you probably know you're not ready for. Um, and even if you do get the interview, you've then got to go and, and try and be the best, best, best version of you on the day. Um, and, it, and, it, and it still probably might not be enough. Um, and, and that's where, you know, just clubs could turn around and be like, well done, I'm getting where you've been. You know, this is, this is where you can go from there. And, and again, I'm not trying to round this down everyone's throat and be like, come on, let's be better. But certainly if we're, just giving a little bit of advice here and there is going to help in the long run, surely. Yeah, and what you've mentioned about the number of interviews that you had to go through, like, I know it's, a, it's probably a really tough question because it, it's just a bit of a, a guess, I suppose, on your situation at the time. But if you were to put the your current job, the, the interview for that current job at number like one or two in those interviews... Do you think you'd have fared the same way or do you think you've you built the, the um, experience in the interview over all those interviews and that's what led to you uh, getting this current role? Well, ironically, um, and I, ma- I remember make, making a document just because, I, I, like I said, I've been through quite a few, um, that I had to write them down what they were so I could remember the whole process around it. And one of the things which actually kind of gave me a sign that, that Knox County was, was probably going to be the club for me. And, and other than the fact that the actual job sounded really exciting and was in, in, in a really good place, was that um, the, the interview itself was structured probably one of the best out of all the ones I've gone through um, in terms of what I had to do in terms of the, you know, sitting down and meeting people. Um, and the, the response back was probably one of the best out of a lot of them as well. Um, you know, they said, I forgot what day they said they called by, but they actually called a day earlier, you know. And and obviously by this time, you know, that was the last job interview I've gone through other than this, the FA one. Um, and by this time, you know, I was so used to going through the emotions that you'd almost, be, I, I, you know, I'd become a little bit numb to it in, in a way. You know, my first couple of interviews when you're interviewing for huge clubs and, and career-defining um, interviews and jobs, you are, you know, you're nervous as hell. 
you know, you, you, you're anxiously waiting by the phone. You're thinking this could be it. Like you, your mind is, is whizzing it a, a million miles an hour because you're thinking, right, I'm going to have to hand in my notice if I get it for my, my flat. I'm going to have to hand in my current job. Um, am I going to have to move? What, what do I do about moving all my stuff? Like you, you literally think to, to that detail, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to need to cancel my water bill, my telephone bill, whatever it is, you, you, you're going into those little details. So, and then you get the call saying, sorry, not this time. Um, you, you know, you, you're crashing down to earth at a million miles an hour. Um, so then when you're doing that, you know, on, you know, almost a monthly basis by for, for myself in this in this instance, and I know others would be similar or not so similar, but when you're going through that roller coaster all the blooming time, eventually you become a bit a bit numb to it. So, um, you know, I was almost used to not hearing from clubs after I'd interviewed for them. I was almost kind of like, you know, used to it if the response was really slow or if I was having to phone them. And my mum, bless her, was obviously, you know, as family always is, your family's always there every step of the way with you or, or your close partners or whoever. And and mum was pulling her hair out, bless her, saying like, how come these clubs aren't phoning you back? You know, how come they're not doing this? And, and I was almost having to say to her, it's, it's football, mum, sometimes that happens. Um, and, you know, by the time Notts County came around, the interview went really well. When I actually, when they showed me kind of the academy structure and things, I was thinking, actually, this is a really good one here. But by then, I'd kind of developed to like a almost like almost like a coping strategy. By then, just to say, don't think about anything else. You, you don't think about needing to move house because obviously I was living up in Liverpool at the time. Um, I was like, don't think about moving. Don't think about all the little logistics that are going to have to go with it because you've you've done that in the past and, and then it, it, you come crashing down. And it's hurt. You know, you, you and I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that, that that 12 months was probably the hardest I've had in my easily the hardest in my career, um, and, and certainly some of the lowest points in, in, in my career and life as well. Because some of the you know, I said five out of the ten, whatever it, um, jobs it were, that I, I, I'd had good feedback, and if I got feedback, that is, um, you know, good feedback, you've done well, but you know, unfortunately, not this time. But some of them I was shocking. I'll hold my hands up and say I I just it was one of those days you know nerves gets the better of you you just have a nightmare we've all had them you know in those interview days we've all had that that day where you just off it um, and those are the ones that are really hard to take because you know you didn't give the best version of you on the day you probably you know you know you know by the time you're driving in the car away from the interview that you've probably not got the job if you've had one of those days um, and and they're the most frustrating ones because you're thinking they now think I'm useless, you know, even though I gave, I gave stupid, silly answers that I, I would never have given if I was relaxed or on a normal day. Um, just on, on, today of all days, I've just had a mare. And, um, you know, all those things, all those crap, there's, there's highs and the lows and the roller coasters, they, they build up. And, and, and by the time I, I was kind of through the, the, the long period of, of, of going through this and not counting came around. I like I said, I developed this coping strategy just to say, don't think about all the stuff that goes with it. I really want this not County role. I really, really want it. Um, but we'll wait and see if the phone rings and it's positive, then, you know, we'll, we'll then we'll start thinking about the logistics stuff. Um, just to, to almost try and, you know, pull back the expectations and, and any kind of thoughts that go with it. And then lo and behold, when the phone rings and it's, it's good news for once, that's when the elation can come out. But the, the funny thing was by then it was almost relief. Um, it was relief that like finally 
I, I almost felt like finally I've done something right. You know, after you can people can take knockbacks, but it's hard to take that many. Um, but after a while, you you kind of like, like I say you develop that coping strategy, and you're like, right, okay, that's another one, but we can learn from it. We can go again. You learn, you go again, you learn, you go again, and and by the time that Knox County interview came around, I'll be honest, it was like. I drove away from thinking I've nailed that. I've absolutely nailed that. I've taken everything that's gone over in the past and I've, I've, I've put it all on the plate there. And, um, and lo and behold, I got the job. So, you, you know, even if there are really bad days, you'd like to say you learn from the experience. Um, and hopefully again, coming, re- relating it all the way back around to the tweet, you know, those people have applied, they've not even had interviews yet. They just applied, you know, and some of them were terrible. We're talking, you know, the email into me had, had no text. It was literally just a CV and a cover letter attached, nothing in the email to say, you know, dear Jordan Tyre or dear Mr. Tyre, whatever. Just a blank email with a CV and a cover letter attached, like a, a four, four line cover letter and things like that. So all over the place, you know, and you read it and you go, blimey now, like, come on, make an effort. But just giving them that little bit of, of, of feedback, um, it just, you know, it, it just, it gives them that little bit of, of, of drive or hopefully just a little bit of learning and something they can learn from that they can then go into and use it the next time that they'll be better so hopefully next time they go and apply for a student placement which we you know we're going to run at the club per season now so they might apply apply in again if there was a second year student and um, they might apply for that in the third year and hopefully by the time you know they're, they're applying for jobs in the real world you know the big wide world then it's going to be much better um, and that's kind of the, the point I'm trying to make there is, is take the experiences and learn from them. And if you can be, as, as the club representative, if you can be somebody that helps that learning experience and you can give them that feedback and say, just work on that little bit here. Have you thought about doing this kind of a qualification or have you thought about trying to get some experience with these kind of clubs? Have you, have you gone and spoken to Shadow or volunteer wherever? If you can be that person, just gives them that little bit of a push in the right direction, then, you know, it, it's, it's, a, a, it's a good feeling, but also you know you've helped them and they they are then ultimately kind of going to become better and you know at the end of the day that's a good thing just to show what you spoke about um a few minutes ago in terms of like the, the uh i was going to say the state of the person well that sounds really harsh as well as the, <laughs> the condition that people are in in the interview as the interviewer and as the interviewee as well it's it's really tough, isn't it, to judge people in an interview because some people can can raise up to the task, raise up to the challenge, and some people can the, the pressure will get too much for them. So, as a interviewee, how did you control that, and and was that something that just developed over your experience of of having the amount of interviews you had? Did you manage? Did you feel like you relaxed a little bit more? Um, and then also as the as an interviewer as well. How do you get the best out of that person sat in front of you? Yeah, well, that's a good. That's a very good question. Um, I think the well, certainly. But if I look back, by the by the time I was going through the latter, you know, the the, the interviews towards the end of the, the twelve months, I was way more relaxed. Um, certainly, because like I said, you've gone through the kind of the the, the highs and lows of right. This could be a career defining job. Oh, I've not got it. This could be a great fun job. Oh, I've not got it. So by the time you're going into the to the ones after you've gone through that experience a few times, you are like, right, okay, yes, we really want this job. It's going to change your career. But let's not get too excited. Stay calm, stay relaxed. And 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 that is again kind of probably what helped me. Um, certainly to you know, to get to land the Arts County job. Um 
and the FA job as well. So um, the, in terms of a coping strategy, though, I'm thinking about it, it, it's tough because it depends. It kind of answers the second part of your question. It depends so much on what the, how the interview is structured. Um, and certainly from my experience, my best interviews and the ones I got the best feedback from, um, again, if I got the feedback, was the ones where you were made to feel a bit more relaxed and a bit more how you how you probably would do in your day-to-day job. The ones where I had shockers were the ones which which almost felt like you were you being interrogated. The ones where, you know, everything was being being picked apart or you're getting thrown proper left field questions out of nowhere and you were like, whoa, well, I haven't prepared for that. Or even in some cases, some of the interviews like I didn't even know who who I was having the interview with on the day because the the, the whole process, the interview process was, was, was all over the place. I had one interview, and again, I won't name the club, who had actually already been rejected for the role that I interviewed for. Um, I applied and received a, an application the next day saying, sorry, but we're not taking your, your application any further. Um, so there's me going, oh, okay. I haven't got that one. On to the next one then. And then like a, a month or so later, they were asking the same club even when we're back and we're saying, you know, oh, can we just check you've got such and such qualifications, this or whatever. Yeah, we'd like to offer you an interview. And I was like, what? Like, I've already been, already been rejected for this and now I'm getting interviewed for it. So, you know, again, you, you're on the back foot, your brain's all over the place thinking, what's happened? Have they got the wrong person? Have they got, you know, and I think I actually had to email them and kind of just double check and be like, can I just check which role you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being interviewed for, is this the same one I applied for and got rejected for? So things like that. And then, you know, and then that, that was one where, again, I wrote, I drove up to the gates of, of this football club, um, I, you know, going, going into an interview and, and hadn't been told who, who the interview was with or, or really what the actual structure was. And again, that's a, that's an, that's a tactic for interview interviewers um, sometimes to try and keep them, on their toes a little bit, maybe, um, but you know, letting letting them know who they're going to interview with is is probably, well, I'd say, kind of crucial. Um, certainly, when you're driving up to the gates and you have to say to a security guard, "I've got an interview, but I don't know who it's with," you know, it makes things a little bit bit awkward. And I think, as you know, some people listening to that might say, "Well, why didn't you ask the club who was interviewing you?" But again, as as somebody trying to get these jobs, if you're somebody, if you're that like candidate. I'm probably sure we've all had them or been them that emails loads of questions and having to ask lots of things before the interview automatically you're you're sending you might be sending you might or you think you're sending signals that hang on this person can't think for themselves they can't um do any prior research to the club they can't do any of those things so as a candidate you you're you're always trying to limit the contact you have with the club once you've been told you've got an interview or when you've applied, because you don't want to come across like you, you can't think for yourself or, or, or do any of the, the important skills that are, are often required for interviews. Um, so, yeah, to kind of go back to you, I'm giving really long answers, aren't I? Um, to, to, um, <laughs> no, to, go, yeah, to, to go back to, to your question, as in an interviewer, and certainly what, what I wanted to, to do with the student placements when we got those interviews, when we interviewed those candidates for the, for the placements, um, the first thing I said to them, just drawing on my experience, the first thing I said to them when, they, when I, I went and met them at reception, um, I then I then said to them straight away, like, right, how are you feeling? And they were like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You know, the, the standard response, but yeah, I'm good. Don't show any weakness. That's almost always yeah. our, 
mentality. You don't show weakness. I'm cool and calm and, and everything. I said, no. So listen, you, you might be really nervous. Don't be. You know, I, I said to them, I've been in your shoes. I know exactly what an interview feels like. I know what bad interviews feel like. And hopefully you have a good one today and just relax. Like, don't, don't think too much about it. Um, and then what I did is I took them on a little tour of the ground um, just for five minutes to almost break the ice. Uh, you know, so it's not like, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you right into your formal questions. You know, it was a, a little stroll around the ground, showed them the pitch, um, showed them that, you know, the dressing rooms and, and the gyms and things like this. And, and then we went and had the interview. Um, and well, surely that as well. Sorry, John. So surely that puts them in a much better state where they can give uh, sort of honest answers and answers that they're actually going to think about rather than like just jump into conclusions on what you think they want to say. Because yeah. otherwise you're going to put them in a state where they're going to, the anxiety is going to build and they might say things that they don't even mean a lot of the time. And I, I do understand that, I think some people in interviews want to put pressure on people because the job involves pressure. I get that. Um, and they want to see how they act under pressure. But there's a difference between being under pressure for a certain period and then coming out of it and having time to actually think about what you're doing or putting someone under that much pressure in an interview where they feel really anxious and they're, they're going to give loads of answers that they look back on and think, why did I say that? Yeah, certainly, absolutely. Um, and, and also on top of that, just just showing them around and, and, and breaking the ice sometimes can help them massively for their interview. So for example, me showing them the gyms, you know, if automatically they just, just by poking their head around, they can get a quick idea of, of what, what the gym looks like. So if, if so we, we basically asked them to do, uh, we had 10, we had basically just a quick question after they sat down and we'd give them a tour. We said, um, go on and what's, what's your story? Kind of like you've done in the, in the football, you know, in, in the start of this, uh, podcast and for all the other podcasts you've said so what's your story you know why are you here um obviously these are students so it's less it's quite a bit less extensive it was more like oh, i went to school here played football and all that kind of stuff just to again relax and soften them but when they did a little presentation a little 10 minute presentation and i asked them how how they would go about kind of structuring an academy sports science and strength and conditioning um physical framework or, or, or physical performance structure so going through the age groups and the foundation phase, the YDP phase and, and the professional phase, um, how, the, how they'd go about kind of structuring that. Um, having just shown them the gyms, you know, straight away they know, oh, hang on a minute, they've, they've got, okay, a decent amount of, of equipment. They've got some good, you know, we're blessed at Notts County. We've got some really good stuff in there. So we can, you know, you can say, oh, right, they've got nice things. Right, okay, cool. So then they're not going into that, you know, they might, they might have had in their uh, presentation saying that, you know, we've got, going to do all of this fancy stuff or we're going to do all this stuff that with equipment that we haven't got and and then they're going to look like a bit of a bit of an idiot because we'll, or not an idiot necessarily but you're going to turn around to them potentially and say well we haven't got that equipment what are you going to do now you know yeah. so just giving them almost giving them that, that icebreaker to see the facility that they're potentially going to be working in before the actual interview um and again it it, it, it can happen it might not be able to logistically might not be able to do it but it just gives them that little idea um and kind of again following on in terms of the high pressure uh, scenario yes I I, I I i agree with you that our jobs are high pressure um but when you actually think about the if you broke down your year 
and you actually really thought hard about the the days in in your in your year when you're at the club when you were working in your day-to-day job that you feel like you do in an interview when one of those nasty interviews when you're you know you're really nervous as hell your palms are sweaty sound like the start of an Eminem song um you know and, and, yeah yeah when you you know when when you you're really bricking it you know it's rare those days happen in our day-to-day job you know occasionally you know i can think of times when you've been called up to cover the first team for the first time uh, a couple of years ago when you had to go into into what you call you know the big boy meetings and sit down with you know chairmen or directors or whoever or you know you've done something wrong and, and you're having to face scrutiny you know th- those are the days yeah where you're in a real pressure scenario and you, you, you your stomach's going you're nervous but when you actually think realistically how many of my days per year feel like that which is similar to that, that feeling that you have in those nasty interviews it's, it's it'll be what what one two three percent of your actual year when you split it down the rest of the time you're going to be much more relaxed, much more uh, ready for the day ahead of you. You'll have a plan. We all know plans change literally at the drop of a hat in football. But, you know, our plans are usually flexible. You know, so, for example, you had a half an hour gym session plan with the players. The coach says, no, we need to take them now. You go, OK, well, what we'll do is we'll we'll um, try and integrate some of that stuff in the warm up and we'll see if we can get 10 minutes of gym work done after lunch. You know, it, that's. Plans change, but you know you're not you're not nervous. You're not you know bricking it. The plans are usually part of football, and they change. But overall, you're relaxed. You're going into work. You've usually got a plan. You know what your day is going to look like, and you're with players that you you know you're comfortable with. Occasionally, you might have a player drop down that you're not so comfortable with, and then that kind of gives you that feeling that oh, it might be need to be a bit more today, but. It's rare that those horrible, nasty moments and days in your job real come in. Um, so when you're interviewing for, for for a job, it it makes more sense to me. I, I don't know if, if other people are. It just, just makes more sense that you want to see the candidate how they're going to be in in the day to day role. You know, and and for a student placement, for example, there's not going to be a lot of pressure on them because these student placements are student placements that they do alongside their studies. So I'm not expecting them to be you know, amazing because they're still students. And I was, I was, I was still a student once, and I wasn't amazing then. So I'm not expecting the world of them. I want them to come in and learn. And yes, they're going to make mistakes because we all do, and we all did as students. So I want them to be relaxed. I want them to feel like they will feel as best you can in the day-to-day role. Not really, really nervous, nervous as hell, saying things they don't mean, making really basic mistakes because you, you, you as the interviewer are really grilling them on things that probably aren't really going to come up in their day-to-day job. Um, you know, if you throw in left field questions at them, again, they're not going to be dealing with 98% of the time and they're falling down on that. And then you turn around and judge them and say, well, you didn't get that question right. So I don't think he's going to be good for the role. I'm, th- I'm thinking what, but you know, that's not what they're going to be like in the rest of the time. Um, and the analogy I kind of came up with because I, my brain's weird and I often try and break everything into analogies and it, it quite often helps with players actually sometimes um but the analogy i kind of i worked out for it was that an interview for any job or any student placement or whatever it's like a test drive for a car in it you know you, you if, if you want to buy a new car you go and test drive if you want to find a new academy snc coach you, you interview them. that's your test drive um and if you're putting them in if you're taking that car that you're going to use on the road day to day and you're going to 
say, right, well, actually, I'm going to test drive it on like a rally gravel and, and dirt track because that's the worst environment it could possibly be in. That's the equivalent of saying, oh, I'm going to take that potential Academy S&C coach who's going to be my potential colleague and I'm going to put him in the most intense, like, pressure pot scenario. And he's going to make him feel like he's in you know, on trial for murder. And then, he, lo and behold, he makes loads of mistakes. You know, basically what you're saying is, well, the candidate that coped with that pressure scenario the best um hopefully by that logic he should actually be really good in his day-to-day job and he's not gonna feel like that you know that's like saying you're test driving all these cars on the mud and the dirt and stuff and then you say well the the car that handled best on the mud was that one therefore we'll use that one to drive on the road every day you know that that's where i just turn around and be like well why don't you just test drive them all on the road like you're going to use them day to day you know and 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 maybe throw a few questions in there that gets them thinking and, and puts them on the spot a bit yeah, I did that, and, we, and we've probably all gone through those. But the whole point of the interview, like I say, I'm trying to get at, is that you want them feeling like they are going to be every day in their job. You want them, you want to see what they'll be like 98% of the time in the job, or, or to use the car analogy, 90, you know, the 99% of the time when they're driving on the road. That's what you want to see them doing. Um, not the 1% time when they're they're really stressed and and and, and the really rare times that they are having to go through a real high-pressure environment. And football is high-pressure, and I get that. But after the first week and two weeks, because we've all had the first two weeks of a job when you're nervous as hell and everything, you, you make your double-checking and you're doing all that, after those few first few weeks settle down, you, you, you can't. You're normal. You, you, you're starting to put your plans in place and things fall into place. And, and that's the, the candidate you want to try and see. And it's, it's harder now, I get that. But that's the candidate you want to try and see in your interview. So what I'm kind of saying is, treat them like you would if you were treating a, a potential colleague or treat them how you would in your in, in their potential new day-to-day role not the nasty way that's that's, that's, that's trying to what trying to be what i'm getting i don't know if that made any sense whatsoever <laughs> but you know hopefully it did no it did completely and i think you bang on with it i think it's to make someone think rationally you, you want them in that sort of calm environment and you're right, like there's times um, where coaches are going to end up in those high pressure environments and it all depends on the, the job, doesn't it, as well? Like we're, we're talking here from um, the work that you're doing at the moment, you're, you're taking on students. So to put those guys in a, in a pre- high pressure environment and to say, well, they're going to face it at the club, well, they're probably not because they're not the ones that are going to end up in front of a chairman. They're probably not even going to end up in front of the, the gaffer that much because that's going to be someone like your job to go in there and do that. Whereas if you're going into a, a top Premier League club and you're going to be ahead of a, a department, then okay, yeah, put them under a little bit more pressure because they are going to be facing those meetings a lot more regularly. But for, for students and and the, the experience that you've had going into these interviews and the roles that you've gone for previously, it just seems, like you said, it just seems a little bit unfair and it put, puts people in a, a, an unfair disadvantage yeah and but yeah I can I mean, again you, you bang on you know if if I was in an interview for I don't know you know director of performance at like a national governing body or you know at a humongous world-renowned club I would expect a bit of pressure in that interview you know I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't um, yeah. but by then you know th- those people hopefully or they, they certainly will have will have had a hell of a lot of experience behind them, and I'd, I'd almost hope they'd be treated with a little bit of respect. Might be the word I don't know, but you know, if I was 
if I'd say I'd got you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of experience behind me, and I went into an interview and, and I was made to feel like I was, again, on trial, I'd feel a little bit um, kind of like not disrespected, but you feel like, hang on a minute, like, I've, I've got a lot of experience here. Like, you know, you can still talk to me on a, on a nice level. You don't need to be, you know, really trying to go for me. Um, but like I say, I would expect an element of that don't get me wrong i would expect uh, certainly to be put under pressure and have to think on the spot because that role dictates it like you say but yeah if you're going for a you know an academy or part-time academy snc role a, a, a part-time academy sports scientist or a, even just a full-time academy sports scientist who's mainly going to be working with the you know why you know youth development phase and 14 year olds then you know really nailing them and going for them you know probably isn't like you say gonna gonna really reflect what they're doing um so yeah it, it's one of those that experience certainly helped me kind of format the interviews around that way and i'm sure hopefully people listening to this will will think back to when they've had experience um and it's almost experience of something similar and it's almost a um almost like an old school approach you know the old, the old i'm guessing that people you know from say 20 30 years ago you know I'm, I'm 26 so 30 years ago i wasn't alive um but back then it probably would have been a cv cover letter and and would have been like right tough questions to see what they're made of and i think we've we've, we've changed a bit now in football you know there's lots of different support staff you know we've got staff coming out of our ears at some clubs um sometimes interview panels are are, are a little bit less than what they might have used to be you know the classic kind of film and hollywood interviews where you've got like a massive boardroom and and 10 people sat around and just you on your own you know i've not really come across many of those again for the roles i'm applying for potentially um but you know maybe that's an older school approach i'm just saying think about it like if that's where you've always done things then fair enough but you know is the, the the role that you're advertising for and is the role they're going to be doing every day, is that what that interview best represents? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But, you know, you, like I say, you will expect some pressure in certain roles. But in certain in roles like student internships or student placements or whatever, just to format your, format your interview to, to represent what your, your, um, your role is going to look like. That's what I'd say. And... This is a, a seamless link, this, Jordan, unplanned, but <laughs> perfectly. Is that a lot of it also comes down to, and this is something you've done really well for your career, and, and this is what I think has led to you getting the opportunities you're getting now. And I said, I remember speaking to you, I don't know when it was, maybe six months ago, and saying, listen, if you keep just doing what you're doing, something's going to come up because it, it will, because you're doing all the right things. Mm. Um, and luckily it did and, and it's well-deserved. But it's about build, building relationships. It's about meeting other people. It's about getting to know coaches, speaking to coaches, getting on the same sort of level as how coaches speak and, and communicate. And it, it comes down to your network, doesn't it? And this is where the seamless link comes in because this <laughs> our, our network meetings come in. And, it's, and we joke and say that, You've been the, the groupie of the network meetings, but you have. You've been to every single network meeting that we've ran, and it, that's not just been in the northwest when you were in the northwest. It's not just been where you are now. You've travelled miles to come and attend them mm. because you know that meeting coaches and meeting people is essential, and that could potentially lead to things, even if it's not within that year. It might be years down the line that you see yeah. someone 
that you've met and you're like, oh yeah, I, I know that guy or you speak to someone else and they know them and then you've also got that in common. Um, and if you get a student that comes in that says, oh, oh yeah, I know so-and-so, then you've got, that, you've got something to speak about straight away and that also links into the interview that that will calm them down because you've got something in common, you can chat, you can have a little bit of a laugh about it. Um, just talk a little bit about what you've taken from the meetings and uh, sort of the value you felt from them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you say, I am, I am the groupie. Um, um, and, and you know, I've, I've made no secret of the fact to you that the reason I go to them all is, is for that exact reason, that you, you meet people that one day you might come back across. Um, and Wayne, again, keep, keep back to Wayne's one because I thought it was really, really good, certainly on relationships and how to build relationships and networking, the power of it, because that's what Wayne Richardson does really, really well. Um, it, it is, it's, it's crucial to this, to this game. You know, it is crucial to working in football. And that's what, you know, those network meetings are all about. You're about meeting new people that potentially you might come back across. And, and um, you know, <laughs> the reason I went to the, the Brighton one, your most recent one, um, me and me and uh, Joycey from from Forest went down together. It was a great road trip, long long way. Um, oh, the reason, yeah, uh, yeah, he was on music. wasn't great, um, but, <laughs> but Will Abbott was talking, you know, at, at, and um, and Josh as well at uh, at the event. And I emailed Will about probably about a year ago now, right when I was in the middle of all these these, these interviews and applications left, right, centre. I was applying for everywhere. I was emailing everywhere and I was doing everything. And Will was one of the few people, if you remember at the start, and I said, a few people get back to you and it makes a real difference. Will was one of them that got back to me. And he said, well done on your career. Because I, I attached my CV and he said, well done on what you've achieved so far. Like, well done. Like, keep keep going where you're going. Have a little think about this. So, like I say, I've got this beam in my bonnet almost and I've got, I'm passionate about this. So when the opportunity came up that I seen Will was talking to Brian and I hadn't actually met him in person then. I was like, I've got to go. I've got, I've got to go, A, to hear the really good presentations, B, to network and C, just to say, thank you, you know, to, to taking the time, um, you know, all that, that, a year ago, whenever it was just to, to, to get back to me, cause it did make a difference. And that's kind of why this whole thing's come about. Um, and on the back of that as well, you know, if the, you know, students and people listen to this and, you know, can take anything away from it, um, emailing clubs and don't, and Wayne said it last week again, don't, don't be afraid to ask, you know, my, the motto I've kind of learned to live by now is if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win a raffle. And, and that is so true in this environment, I think, because I, I remember one of the interviews I had and I got really, really close to um, for a Premier League club. Um, and and basically, probably, when you if you were to compare CVs and things, probably didn't deserve to be there in comparison to some people who might have been. Um, it was because I'd, ha- you know, I'd spoken to the person who was in- doing the interviews and was at, you know, who was head of Academy of Sports Science at that club um, before, and I'd been emailing pretty much every year almost to, to say, oh, I was, you know, wondering how things are, you know, and and, and keeping a link with them. Um, and then lo and behold, a job came up a few years later, and like you say, I'd spoken to them before. I I I knew knew them. I'd never met them face to face, but when the interview came around, you know, again, you'd almost broken the ice. Like you say, I almost felt like I had something in common with them. We've spoken before. And, and that is a skill, which it took me probably a little bit too long to realize, you know, I'm somebody who I'd rather do it online and pick up a phone and, and, you know, book a restaurant table. That's, 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 that's how, how I am. But yeah. I'm, I'm certainly better at it now than I was a lot of time ago because 
you, you have to learn. Unfortunately, you just have to take that step sometimes and step out of your comfort zone and almost just just email who you can, send your CV out to who you can, go and ask and, 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 and almost knock yourself down a peg. You know, like I said at the start, we always try and pretend sometimes that we're, we're absolutely fine, co- co- you know, cold, calm, collected, um, that, you know, we are the best version of us. But sometimes you have to, to knock yourself down a peg and go, right, hang on a minute. I need, I need to, to, to put myself out there. I need to email all these clubs. I need to speak to whoever. I need to just send out an email to whoever and say, just wondering if you've got anything coming up soon or if there's any conferences that you're hosting soon or any CPDs that I'll be able to get on. You know, just things like that. Um, they are things which are valuable. And then, again, seamless link, free network meetings, such as the football fitness ones, Um you know, are so invaluable for for people in that area. And the beauty is that you you know, I remember when they were in just in the northwest in the in the little hotel in, in Manchester. You know, most recently right now, Jordan. Hey, say that again, sorry. Which is actually the room I'm in right now. We were, this is where we held our first one and I can literally touch both walls. Wow. Wow. What a seamless link this is. Like this is unbelievable. Um you know so the the fact that you know that was your first network meeting and you know your most recent one was at Brighton and Hove Football Club you know with yeah. you know Premier League at Premier League ground you know the fact you can get access to, to those as a student certainly try and get yourself on a plumbing act like those weren't around when you know we were students and things like that like that's that's the beauty of it and then the other good thing is as well like I'm, I'm again I'm going to self plug here but we're you know me yourself football fitness federation and, and us at Notts county we're hosting the next one aren't we in, in february um so there you go what a seamless link to loads and loads of events and hopefully getting people down and, and getting to speak to people and hopefully put some you know names to faces and stuff like that as well yeah definitely i think um it's like we planned it really isn't it uh, yeah. but unbelievable yeah we, we are going to be we're over your way on the 22nd of february friday the 22nd of february um the link will be going out very soon. So if anyone is interested in coming, obviously Jordan will be there so you can you can meet him and expand on anything that he's gone into today as well. Um, there'll also be a number of other coaches there that have been on the meetings before, so you can come and meet those guys. And um, it's something that we set up with... Well, it, we, we, never knew, we never knew it would grow as fast as it did and we never expected to end up at the, these top clubs so soon. Um, if ever to be honest and when, when we get um, invited down to places like Brighton and we've been at Villa Park and we've got some big clubs coming up next year as well um, it, it's it's amazing really but it is really really valuable for students to come and, and just coaches in general to come and meet people um, build your network and also see the presentations that go on as well because I mean the Brighton presentation sure you can back me up Jordan the stuff that Will and Josh and, and Tom Barn and, and everyone at, um, at Brighton, what they're doing down there is absolutely quality. And I know I wouldn't have been down there seeing what those guys would have been doing if we, we didn't have the meeting down there. So it was amazing to go and see. Yeah, I mean certainly it's not you know it's not it's not every day is it that you you get to see what the first team of a Premier League club are doing in the gym, you know, and, and you know you take a lot away with that and you can speak to them one to one level. You know, it's not like. You know, obviously the massive conferences, UKSCA bases conferences, the soccer science conference, they are also unbelievable. Like there's the knowledge bombs that get dropped there, left, right, center. Um, but sometimes it's difficult from those, isn't it, to go and speak to the speakers um, afterwards. You know, they're always 
you know, swamped by people or, or they have to get off or whatever. The beauty of these ones is, you know, you know, I went and spoke to Will after his convers- you know, after his, 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 his presentation um, and you can ask him a bit more in-depth questions and things like that. And, you know, Villa Park, it was the same with Tom Allen. You know, I went and spoke, you, you, you can do that and you can go and learn for, again, it's free, you can go and learn from the, the best minds in the game. So just, and, and you grow your network. And, and like I say, that's, that's kind of how I am, you know, going in my, in my career, just through, through networking. And it's so important, as I'm sure a lot of people will agree on. Yeah. And I think people have got to look from the outside and, uh, and appreciate the stuff that you're doing, mate. And um, I've said to you before, I, I think it's uh, well-deserved what you're doing. And I think you're going to go a long way with it. Um, just from your, um, your mindset and the way you approach things. So, it's a uh, big congratulations for me and I know you'll you'll keep you'll keep pushing at it. I know you will. No, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And same for same for you guys at Football Fitness Federation. Just yeah, just keep on doing what you do. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, mate. I think that was even though like I said, it was a very different episode to what we've had so far, but I think the the amount of information in there, um, I hope loads of guys listen to it because I think the stuff that you've gone through is really, really important. Um, both for like we said the interviewers but the interviewees as well to to get a, an idea about what it's like what it's like going into interviews but also for the interviewers to actually have a think about the stuff that you've gone through um, seeing it on both sides of the fence and having a little think back about oh yeah that, it is like that it, it, we could make the environment a little bit better and, and potentially we're missing out on these coaches because we're putting them in under these stressful situations so maybe we can we can change it so hopefully guys will reach out and they'll let us know um whether they have changed it and, and adapted things and um if anyone that goes to interviews and finds this this episode helpful um going into interviews as well reach out let us know um jordan where can guys get in touch with you um best way for me i'm on twitter um probably annoying the pants off people to be fair but I'm um, <laughs> at Jordan 92 at, at Jordan Tyra 92 I think uh, yeah at Jordan Tyra 92 um, if you just kind of search Jordan Tyra I think I'll come up it's T-Y-R-E-R just type that in you'll find me um, and yeah, I'll, I'll always respond to like a DM or whatever on Twitter so yeah probably the easiest way yeah and then like I said you'll see Jordan at our meeting if you are attending the meeting on the 22nd of Feb um, Friday the 22nd of Feb it's going to be 6 till 9pm and the tickets will be out very soon so just keep an eye out for that and I will let you guys know when they're available um, but Jordan listen I've took up loads of your time and I really appreciate you going through all that today I think it was top um, and hopefully we'll get some feedback from, from everyone on it yeah no you're welcome really appreciate it and uh, hopefully yeah hopefully we hear some stuff back yeah top man we'll catch up soon yeah catch up soon all the best Cheers, Jordan. Bye. Bye. Huge thank you to Jordan for coming on the podcast. It's someone that I've wanted to get on the podcast for a while because I know we spoke many times about this this topic and um, I know Jordan's extremely passionate about um, what he's been talking about, as you could probably tell. So a big thank you to him. I think some of the biggest takeaways were considering the state of mind of the interviewee, so the way that Jordan uh, does the tour of the club and, and tries to calm the guys down, the coaches down, to put them in a better state of mind so they're um, going to give a better representation of themselves. Also learning from every bit of feedback. So when he was going through interviews, taking on the feedback, 
and I think he realises the how important that is and that's why he goes into so much depth with the people that apply for jobs at his place and then also the, the changes that coaches have to make I think a lot of the time we don't realise or don't con- really consider that they're going to have to move house they're going to have to get new apartments they're going to have to um, put relationships under strain all these things where um, we're just solely looking at the job and, and the person who's right for the job and don't really consider the personal side of the coach as well so it was awesome to get Jordan highlighting all those issues and the ways we can improve um, go and follow Jordan on Twitter he's JordanTyra92 um, so go I know he puts out and his, we were laughing because he's been having some uh, good discussions and debates recently about certain topics so you can go and check out um, what he's been saying in twi- on Twitter causing a storm um, which has been awesome also go out uh, go over and check out our uh, our community so we just added a new webinar on integrated training that's to go with the recovery webinar from Andy Wiseman from last month um, and then also the, the work from Sam Joyce and Jordan as well that, that we've got a few webinars on there now so packed full of information always having different um, discussions on different topics on there as well so it'd be great to get more coaches on there to get more um, discussions going and more points of view across so go and check that out that's available on the website footballfitfed.com and just click the community tab at the top please subscribe to the show and share it with friends so share it with friends share it with family share it with coaches anyone you think may benefit um, the next couple of podcasts are already recorded and they're absolutely quality I've literally just been and recorded a, a podcast with a guest today I'm absolutely buzzing to bring you that episode um, I'm really I am finding it um, top going speaking to all these different coaches and getting different points of view across so please share it I do want to grow it and then also do us a massive favour take two minutes out of your day head over to iTunes leave us a review and leave a little um um, a few little words on what you've taken from the podcast so far as well so um, click on the stars try and give us a five star review and then leave a little um, written review as well on iTunes to boost us up the charts thanks a lot again for listening I really do appreciate everyone listening and we'll speak to you next week